Managing your own property isn't easy. And when you start managing properties for other people, it just gets even more challenging. In this episode, I'm going to give you 15 tweaks to help you build a profitable short-term rental management company. Here we go. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I'm really delighted to be back with you once again. And today I want to talk about building a profitable short-term rental management company. Well, I'm going to give you 15 tweaks to make it better for you, whether you're just thinking about starting a short-term rental business or whether you're already into it and you've got three or five or 10 or even 20 properties under management. I'm getting a lot of questions recently to do with managing other people's properties. And even for those of you who just have your own property for the moment, it's worthwhile listening to because you never know. You never know sometime in the future, a neighbor, a relative, somebody at work is going to say to you, you're doing so great at this. Can you manage mine as well? I don't want to be dealing with building a website or dealing with guests, all these things that you know so well. And learning how to do it really, really well is a great investment in your business. I know this because I started in property management in 2003. I had five of my own properties at the time. And I think I've told you this story before. I thought, well, this would be great. I want to start expanding this. I want to be in this business for a long time. I want it to be my career. And the first person that I thought of was my sister. She had a property. She could rent that. She was living in England at the time. And yeah, we could help her rent her place when she wasn't using it. So she became our first client. And then there was a neighbor who I just happened to start talking to about it. And he was with another property management company that he wasn't quite happy with. And he said, hey, I'm willing to give you a go, but I'm not going to pay you for it. Okay, (laughs) that sounds like a really good deal. But no, he basically said, you know, if you want to cut your teeth, you've got to take on properties and demonstrate that you can manage them. And he said, if you manage mine well for three months, I'm going to tell everybody about it. I mean, I look back now and I think, oh yeah, that was pretty much a ploy to get commission-free rental management. But we did really, really well for him. And he was a client for another five or seven years, I think, before he eventually sold his property. And he did tell a bunch of other people who then became our clients. There's a lot of things I've learned in the past 16 years that have guided me in different directions along the way. And somebody said to me relatively recently, if you were to start this all again, would you do anything differently? Now, 
I suppose from a, from a strategic level, probably not. I'm very happy with where the company has gone strategically. But from an operational level, there's so many things. We have tweaked and changed over the years. And of course, things have changed in the business as well. We have gone from signs on the lawn and paper catalogues of rentals to the OTAs and things like dynamic pricing and digital welcome books. And it's it's changed dramatically in the time that I've been in this business. And remembering that I started the property management business in 2003, but I had been renting out my own properties for the previous 10 years. So I've known it from, well, yeah, it's pretty much a long time ago. And I suppose... I don't like to, I, I know, I'm not going to say I'm a dinosaur. So I've known this from way, way before the technology powered the industry, which it does now. So we've been tweaking our business over the years. And I wanted to bring you 15 tweaks. I just went through a lot of the things that we've changed over the past 15 years and sort of randomly selected 15 that I felt are really taking our business forward now as we're coming into a new decade in 2020. Now you can listen to this and you can also download my PDF. I've created a PDF that has expanded on all of these tweaks. So when you get to the end of the podcast, I'll tell you where you can get this PDF and you can download that and and perhaps go through them and tick them off and see if there's any that are going to be useful for you. And of course, I will be interested to hear from you if there's anything that you're using, or if you can think of a few more tweaks that I could use for my company, that would be fantastic. You know, if you want to share back, perfect. Okay. I'm going to give you the introductory music here. I like that. So here we go. Number one, this is something that I've worked at over the years. You know, owner acquisition is the key to having a successful company. If you have no owners, you have no business. And you've also got to attract the right ones. You've got to attract the right owners. And they're only going to come to you, particularly if you're a startup company, if you can show that you have value for them. So over the years, we've worked on different ways of presenting information to them. So my number one is in creating an owner information package, which you must have in order to attract new owners. They've got to have something to look at to go, oh, yeah, I like this company. I like what they're doing. What we've started doing recently is to, well, we're using TouchDate, in fact, for our owner onboarding package now, which is great. But we wanted to create the information part of it first. The thing that, you know, when somebody inquires and we can send them out an email and say, here's some more information on our company. But we don't want to give them too much. We want to create a desire for more information. And what we want is for people to say, oh, I want to register with this company to get this extra information. So within your information package that you're going to send to prospective owners, you've got to give them something to want beyond that info package. So 
you want some hidden information that's only going to be revealed to them when they register with you. So uh, what we're doing with our new information package is including a sample checklist. You know, this is the type of checklist that you will get when you register with us. So it's a very simple checklist on what they should include in their kitchen. And we let them know that when they register, they get a collection of checklists which cover all sorts of other things that they need to use in the preparation of their rental. And there's also a sample video. So we're using video a lot more now. So the video welcomes them to the company, says a little bit about us and what we can do for them. It also lets them know that when they register, we use video to help them in their preparation. So we have a video on how to make the perfect bed. Now, for for many... I mean, this in our company, we deal with a lot of different independent cleaning and changeover companies. So we don't do the changeovers. And sometimes our owners will do their own changeovers and other times they use their own property management company. So we give them videos on how best to do it, how to stage the perfect bed. But that's hidden. This is the stuff they're going to get when they register with us. So it's all about leaving stuff out, leaving it out, and they don't get it until they become a client. So you want to create that desire in them to sort of become part of your organization, part of your club. And this is working for us because our owners are asking for it. The moment they register, they want to have this information. When are you going to send those checklists? And yeah, that one is working. Okay. So that's number one. Number two is outsourcing. I used to try and do everything myself. I used to want to learn how to do WordPress and how to create all my graphics and how to edit my own videos. And I don't now. I'm outsourcing all those little things and sometimes bigger things. So I'll give you a couple of examples We have uh, an information sheet that we ask our owners to complete and send us back with all the data that we want to put on our website and on the listings. And I wanted to create a fillable PDF. And I I really tried. (laughs) I downloaded some software that taught me how to do it. And really, what I created just created more problems. So I just went to Fiverr. I, I drafted up what I wanted it to look like. I went to fiverr.com and, and I got my fillable PDF created and it cost me $36. And that has been in use for the last three or four years. And now I'm going back and now, now we use Touch Day for the uh, digital welcome book. I want more information from some of our owners on their particular areas because our properties are spread over wide areas. So we want information from them that they know about their areas, you know, local hiking guides and things. And we want to put that in the touch day guide. So we've used, we're using a new fillable PDF that they can just fill in and send back to us. And of course, the other one, if you want a bigger project, then go to Upwork. I'm using Upwork now for video editing. So we're creating these short videos and I've got somebody on Upwork that I can just go to and say, go into the Dropbox, pick up that video, edit it, get it back to me. And they're very short. And these video, this video editing can be done in about 15 or 20 minutes. It's just tweaking. And it's a very minimal cost, but it will take me 
much more time to have to do it myself. So that's outsourcing. Number three is digital marketing. And this is a tip that I got from Jason Beaton. You've heard him many times on the podcast. And his big tip is think ahead, build a campaign calendar for your next year. And that is, that is such a great tip because we've been sort of going month by month on what should we do next month? And then we sit down and think about it. And then by the time we've, we've got a plan and got it together, we're running short of time to get the campaign running effectively. And we use Active Campaign for our digital marketing. So that's where our lists are held. That's where we create the campaigns and where we do the automated emails. So uh, we build this campaign calendar so we, that coming up to Valentine's Day, we have the date on which we have to have everything ready for our Valentine's Day promotion. We have our family day. We're going to create some content on ice fishing for family day. We don't want to leave that till a few days before the campaign goes out to start thinking about creating the content. So having an annual campaign calendar is a fantastic idea. Number four is on content creation. And again, I've been talking to Jason about content for the website. And I said, we just haven't got the time to create all this content. And he said, go to local colleges and see if there's a writing course or travel and tourism course where you could find an intern, somebody who could cut their teeth on content creation, maybe a journalism course, somebody... Just, just somebody who's out there learning and who would do some local content for you. And I've talked to a few people who've done this and they say, this is really great. They do pay them a small amount, but mostly it's giving them the experience. And then they have their content out there for when they create their resumes, they have published content. So it works both ways. Number five is also on content creation. And really, it's going back again to this digital marketing campaign, but it's something you need to have in hand. And that is lead magnets, you know, a PDF or a video or something for every campaign. So I have the example might be that you produce a collection of favorite hiking trails in a particular area. And maybe that's you know, one long collection of, of 10 hiking trails, or it could be simply one single hiking trail, and then you describe the route. And that becomes your PDF that goes along with your digital marketing campaign, let's say for fall. I went out yesterday and did a fabulous hike in a around a lake in a nearby wildlife reserve. And this place is, is known to locals in our area, but it's not really widely advertised. A lot, most people don't know about it. And this wild forest reserve has probably nine or 10 really, really good hiking trails. So I was thinking this morning, I would, I would go back up there, take a photograph of the, uh, the entrance to the Wild Forest Reserve, maybe do the trail and take a little bit of video. And then that creates a really nice lead magnet for a campaign we might do for fall or spring hiking weekends. So your lead magnets could be, it could be anything. It could be a list of 
farmers markets for our ice fishing campaign we'll do for the family day weekend we're going to do or find a short video on ice fishing and actually making a hole in a lake and sitting over it with it with a fishing rod can't think of anything worse personally I remember doing it when I was about 19 years old with my father and thinking this is not what I'm enjoying too much but it was it was a real experience and that's what this family day thing is all about here in Ontario it's in February and it brings people up to the country to celebrate with families so ice fishing is the big thing over that weekend so that would that might be one of our lead magnets another one might be just a list of places where people could go and hire an ice fishing guide and there's plenty of those. So look at each of your campaigns and then you identify a particular lead magnet you could use for that campaign. Number six is emergency management. And gosh, this comes out of a summer of issues with pests. And we had one place which had guests called at eight o'clock at night to say they had bats in the living room. They had bats coming down the chimney and we were in complete panic. What do we do? What do we do? We can't find a pest controller at eight o'clock at night. However, we do have lists of pest controllers and we were able to talk to somebody who said simply, you know, vacate that room, turn the lights out. The bat will find somewhere to settle down. And then in the morning they would come out and see what they could do and they could block up a hole. And it was, it was, it was an awful situation because the the guest was in tears on the phone because the family was all freaking out, but we were able to manage it because once we got back and said, we have talked to somebody who knows all about bats and this is what we can tell you. And somebody will be out first thing in the morning and just please close the door. Sorry, you're going to have to get out of that room because it wasn't so open plan that the bat had disappeared into another room. So we were able to say, just close the door and in the morning, somebody will be out there. And I honestly can't remember if they found the bat in the end, but they were able to seal up the chimney. I think the consensus was that the bat had actually left of its own volition and somehow the uh, the pest control was able to convince the guests that it was okay. And th- they did stay and enjoyed the rest of their vacation bat free. But it was knowing that we had someone to go to that was so important. Other pest control, you know, just a general pest controller, so good to have one on your side, which you can talk to and say, I've got a problem. Can you give me information? Can you deal with it? So my tip here is to collate a list of known providers, people you have talked to, people you trust, people that you say, can I call you in the event of an emergency and just get some information? And can we be given priority if we do have an emergency and it's within your working hours? And we try actually to connect with 24-hour companies. So it could be, as I say, pest controllers, plumbers, appliance providers. In one of our areas, we know a great appliance provider who will, at the drop of a hat, even at the weekend, turn up with a new fridge or a new stove or a microwave. He's local It's not one of the big box stores, but he does new and refurbished appliances. And he has been amazing for us. You know, when a fridge breaks down on a hot summer Sunday, steaming hot, 
guests want something done immediately. And we were able to get another fridge out there within three hours, which was stunning example of service to our guests. But you need to create this list, collate the list of your providers. Number seven is dynamic pricing. You know, using a dynamic pricing model, you know, according to supply and demand, according to beyond pricing, that could give you up to a 40% increase in additional revenue. So we've talked to dynamic pricing experts in the podcast uh, in the past really you're looking at three different elements of dynamic pricing that would impact dynamic pricing. Seasonality, which is what we use. We have different pricing for low season, high season, like many people do, but also think about events where events happen and that increases the demand. And maybe if you're in in an urban area where, or an area where business people come, then you've got more demand on weekdays. You might have higher prices for weekdays and lower prices for weekends. And certainly in our area, it's the other way around. Weekends are very popular. So we have much higher pricing for weekends than we do for weekdays. So in your growing short-term rental management company, start as you mean to go on by using dynamic pricing. Number eight, and this is a huge topic, it's selecting your property management system. You may have something already in place, but my tweak here, because we have changed property management systems a couple of times in the course of our history, and we learned a lot about it. Think ahead to your goals. Think about your goals before considering a property management system. If your goal is to grow to a thousand properties, you're going to need something bigger and more robust than if you just have a desire to cap your management at 12 properties or 20 properties. It could be a huge difference. Well, it's a huge difference in what you're going to pay. My learning from the very outset was we went small at the beginning because we only had a handful of properties and we didn't want to invest in a big system. But then along the way, we had to change our system twice. We had to change our system price to adapt to the growth in our company. And we knew at the start, that was our goal at the beginning, was we were going to cap at 200 properties. That was going to be where we were, where we were at. And then we bought into a little system at the outset, which was just right for probably up to 20 or 30. And when we got to 30 properties, we got into difficulties. So think ahead to your goals before choosing a property management company. It's not really a tweak. It's more of just general advice, but uh, definitely do that. You can go to something like Capterra and look at a lot of different property management systems there. And you can also, and I'll put a link to uh, VRMB, uh, vacation rental marketing blog and Matt Landau and Terry White's assessment of property management companies that they did uh, a number of months ago. And I'll put those in the show notes. Okay. Number nine, regulations. This is a tip from Tyanne Marsink. And she says, you need to get in with your local chamber of commerce, or it could be your local HOA or your local municipality, you need to get involved. Regulations are happening everywhere. And while you may not have any in place at the moment, this could very well be coming your way in the future. 
So become active at the very outset. Learn about the regulations, learn about what's happening in the background. And often you can only learn what's happening in the background if you read your municipal bylaws and also if you go to meetings or at least read the minutes of the meetings. Uh, What Tyann has done is join her local chamber and really get in with them. What I did years ago, I went on the board of our local chamber. They're always looking for board members and I just became a general board member. I became a secretary for a while, but I was in there. I knew what was happening in the municipality because one of the board members was one of the local councillors. So it was it was really good to be part of the municipal organisation, if you like. So that's that's number nine. Just get involved. Number 10 is about financials. And I'm not going to say too much about financials. I delegate everything on the financial side to a bookkeeper. Really, number 10 is about don't do anything yourself if you if you don't have a really good handle on it, hire a bookkeeper from the very outset and pass all the information on your income and expenses to your bookkeeper, who will then compile it in the right way to send to your accountant for your end of year uh, tax accounting. That is one of the, the best things we ever did And we did it from the very start because I said, I'm not having anything to do with the finance. You know, I know my goals and I I can read a cash flow forecast. I can read a profit and loss statement, but I don't want to be the one that's putting them together. I don't want that to be in my head when I'm out there looking for owners or out there marketing and looking for guests. So that's number 10. If you don't want to do your own financials, hire a bookkeeper at the outset. Number 11, create a YouTube channel with guest advice. You know, all the stuff that they ask you questions on. So when they ask you a question, you can send them to your YouTube channel, which is going to have a ton of other videos on it. So it could be, I mean, in our area, we the water to properties comes from three sources. One is Lake or river water. So the water's drawn up from the lake or the river and it goes through a number of filtration systems, but basically it's come out of the river or it's come out of the lake. Number two is from a well and wells are tested. Usually they're tested once a year. And what we will tell our guests is that that result is only as good as it was on the day the water was tested. We can't guarantee that the water is going to be good for, for any other day of the year. Even so, we know it is. You know, I know I my house is on a well and we've it's been boom, over a year now since we had the water tested. We probably will have it again, but it's the clearest, sweetest water I've ever tasted. However, we have this question that always comes from our guests. Can I drink the water? Now, I could do it in an email. Just go back and say, yes, the water comes from a from, from the lake and it goes passes through a number of systems that clean, clean out the uh, the bacteria from it. Or... I could create a small YouTube video that tells guests about the different sources of water and just tells them about the lake, about wells, and the third one, of course, which is town water, which not many of our properties are on town water. 
So can I drink the water? That answers that question. For people coming from overseas, do I need a visa? You know, is it, is it difficult to drive in Canada when I'm coming from England? And in fact, no, apart from the fact you drive on the other side of the road and don't forget to do that. But there's a number of things that people coming from England would not know about the US and Canada. They've never heard of a four-way junction because you don't have them in England. We have roundabouts. So even though I've seen far more roundabouts coming into the the, uh, the States in particular and, and Canada, we're going to do a video that describes a four-way junction. Just use it from a car. Drive up to a four-way junction when there's a number of cars coming from different directions and just video it. And then you can put it on your YouTube channel and just to say, this is a four-way junction. So these are just a couple of examples where you can attract your guests to look at your YouTube videos. And because you have a YouTube channel, they will then have a look and see what else you have. And, you know, you might have videos on how to get in and out of a kayak or hiking trails. And you might have a few videos on some of your best big family cottages or your best pet friendly cottages, homes, whatever you're calling them. And you are spreading the word that way. I'm very excited about building our YouTube channel for 2020. So, you know, you can follow along with me if you want. I'll be talking a bit more about that in a, in a future episode. Okay, we're moving right along. Number 12 is stage the bedrooms. Study the best looking bedrooms on the web and make sure every bedroom is staged well. It is imperative that your bedroom photos are great because a human being's attention span is less than that of a goldfish. I think it's eight seconds for a goldfish and seven seconds for a human. That's how long we will pay attention to one thing unless it grabs us. So we want bedroom photos that are really grabbing people and having them think, I want to end my vacation day by snuggling down in that bed. It looks beautiful. All too often I see beds that look ugly it's just a cover pulled up over the top of a, a, a single pillow on either side. This tweak is one that brought us a lot more reservations and a lot more interest when we started to insist that all bedrooms were staged according to a particular model of the way we wanted a bed to look. And uh, those, those properties that have those staged bedrooms do much better than others. And then we ask guests and they say, I love that picture of the bedroom. Number 13, owner onboarding. I have a whole, almost a whole course on owner onboarding. I did a session at VRMA on owner onboarding and how to do, how to create loyal owners that stay for you, stay with you for life or for the life of the ownership of the property. So I can't go into everything that's involved in owner onboarding. But one of the things that we found when we talk to owners, what do you like about our owner onboarding process? And they tell us that they particularly like our About Us page. And we have an About Us page on our owner onboarding package that introduces our team. So it has, and this is not rocket science, you see it on many websites, but sadly there's a lot of websites where there is no About Us page you don't know who you're dealing with. And that is a huge mistake for websites because 
humans want to have interaction. They want to know that they're dealing with a real person. And I've seen so many About Us pages which don't even mention the name of the person who started the company. Don't mention any names at all. About Us, we started in 2012 and we've been successful at renting out properties in such and such a location for all this time. We have, and it's all we, 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 and it doesn't say anything about the people. So really important to have an about us page or an about me page, if there's just one of you, that tells your new owners who you are and who does what. Now, I'm expecting you to have an about us page on your website anyway, with maybe some pictures of people. But on the for, for owner onboarding, you need to go into a little bit more detail about who does what. And we say, this is Sandra. She's our bookkeeper. She is amazing at sorting out your money and making sure that you're paid regularly. And if you've got any issues regarding your owner payments, this is the person to get in touch with. And this is Kathy. And Kathy deals with your bookings. So if you've got a question about the bookings that you're getting, get in touch with Kathy. And then there's Christina, who is our customer relations manager. And she's also owner liaison. So if you've got any problems with guests or if you have any issues with damage, Christina and her team will be dealing with those. And it creates this personal connection. So definitely, and I think this is probably one of the most important ones, get that About Us page done. Number 14 is on, still on owners. It's on owner acquisition. And we started out this list with creating an owner information package, but you've got to get those owners first. You've got to get those owners interested in you first of all. My tweak here, something we didn't do until about 12 years in, I guess, was to start building relationships with realtors in our area and realizing that that's the first point of contact with a new owner is when they buy the property and you want to get in there when they're, and most of our owners now, new owners, are wanting to include rental as part of their purchase strategy. So we want to educate the realtors in what they need to tell their potential buyers about rental, because some of them have some weird ideas and some quite inaccurate estimates on what the rental yield from a property would be. So we want to work with realtors. We do work with some realtors where we look at some of the properties that are out there for sale and we offer them an evaluation of what those properties would make on the rental market. And they can use that as part of their sales package. And then we also provide the realtor with a folder, which introduces our company. It has a PDF, actually a lead magnet in it, on how to choose the right property manager. So we want to get in there before the person has bought the property and tell them that we're the right place for them. And we do that by saying, this is how you should choose the right property manager and have a number of tips and then we also have a PDF on called 10 Ways to Rent Successfully, which talks about the importance of accepting pets because that's important in our area, why you have to have unlimited Wi-Fi, why you need to have a really well-equipped kitchen and all these. It's 10 tips on 
being successful in the rental market, whether they come with us as a property management company or not. But we are out there with the information that the realtor is providing to them. And it just creates an initial relationship, particularly if the realtor knows us, then he or she is able to speak with confidence that, oh, I know this company and we've worked, that they've worked with a number of other buyers and they seem to be pretty successful. So it's, it's a good in, it's a really good tweak that we did way back seven or eight years ago. And, and it's worked very well for our company. Okay, number 15 and final one is pick a social media platform and command it in your area. It's difficult to be everywhere. Now, I've already talked about YouTube. So it could be that, you know, you just create a lot of video and make yourself the best YouTube channel in your location. So if anybody, we know that that YouTube videos come high up in search rankings. You know, you look for anything now and up come just a gazillion videos. So if that's what you'd like to do, if, if you're committed to doing the YouTube channel, then just stick with that. But try not to be everywhere. I used to say, I, I, I can go back to a blog post I wrote back in 2007 or 2008, which said, be everywhere. If you want to capture a market, you've got to be on every platform. It's just impossible unless you've got a social media manager within your company. Because companies that do have social media managers, that person is on social media for the entire working day, every single day. You don't have that luxury if you're a one-man band or if you're just a very small company starting up and you've just got a couple of people with you. So we tried this. We tried to be everywhere. And I won't say we failed miserably, but it was a sort of half-hearted effort at different platforms. So pick one and then command it. It could be Instagram. Now within our company, we have Christina who loves her Instagram and she works on that one. And then Caitlin is a bit of a Facebook queen. So she's out there on Facebook and then I'm the one that's going to be working on YouTube. So, but that's, you know, we are, we are a bigger company. We've got a number of employees that we're able to do that. If you don't choose one, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and possibly Pinterest as well. Choosing Pinterest, it's an often overlooked platform, but millions and millions of people use Pinterest to plan their vacations. So don't discount Pinterest as being a valuable social media platform. Okay, that is 15 tweaks or 15 things that you can do to help build a profitable short-term rental management company. As I said at the beginning, I have put all these down in a PDF. And if you would like a copy of that, just go to the show notes. And at the bottom of the show notes, there will be a link to that PDF and you can download that. So I've taken each one of these points and expanded upon them a little bit more, given a few more examples. 
and, and hopefully that will help you out. I know from our experience that it is tough to grow a property management company. And even so now, because the competition out there is massive. I remember talking to David Jacoby, who's the co-founder of Hostfully at a VRMA conference. And he said there were at that time, and I think we're talking 18 months or two years ago, conservatively 23,000 property management companies in the US. And that was mind boggling. But when you think about the opportunity that is now for people to help manage other properties, and this this probably includes the co-hosts, the people on Airbnb who are helping other hosts market and manage their properties. Now, essentially, they are property managers, and they are taking on board many of the tasks that a property manager does. And there's a huge responsibility that comes with managing somebody else's is property. It's a competitive market, but the ones that are going to succeed are the ones that do it professionally. And while I have great respect for Airbnb co-hosts, there is a lot out there beyond Airbnb and what Airbnb provides. You know, I'm a great proponent of not putting all your eggs in one basket and sticking with and just staying with uh, Airbnb and not looking at any other platform. You know, when I started to look at this list of 15 tweaks, I had, I probably started with a list of about 30 and honed it down. And in there was one of the ones that I didn't talk about was channel management, mainly because it's it's a fairly complicated topic and I didn't want to give you a single tweak. I thought, well, we'll probably do a whole episode on channel management anyway. But for any property manager wanting to get out of outside of Airbnb, you've got to know things like you know, what channel management is and how you can use it to maximum effect. So I hope that has been super helpful to you in making the list of all these tweaks and what I wanted to include. It it really brought to me the enormity of the different components that come together to create a successful property management company. So I'll be talking a lot more about this as we go through the rest of the year and into 2020. And there's going to be some exciting news about a new program that I'll be doing in the new year to help new property managers succeed. So watch this space. Well, this week I actually don't have anything for you. I don't have a I don't have a resource, I don't have a book because that list sort of extended right into the time, but I hope you've got enough from that to take forward and to certainly I hope that's excited you in getting your property management company off the ground or improving what you already have and creating even more success. I am committed to helping property managers, small property managers grow their businesses. I would love to talk to anybody who would like one-on-one consultancy, work with me to help you grow your business. So if you'd like to know more, 
please email me at heather at vacationrentalformula.com and we can we can talk about where you are now, where you want to go, and how perhaps I can help you to achieve that. So that's it for now. I'm delighted to have been with you again for another week. And here we go. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.